Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with producer Guy. Yeah, I'm not actually here with producer Guy this week. We are doing it remotely, which feels very strange, very different, but we're making it work just for you listeners. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this, Rick. I don't feel, it doesn't feel the same, I'll be honest. <laughs> and I've also, my mic, well, got a problem with the microphone. I'm not going to bore everyone with the story. So I'm using Apple headphones. So if my audio is poor, I apologize. Try my best. Uh, but, on the good news, that's the bad news out the way. It's only a bit of bad news this week. I'm in a good mood. Good. I've had some nice comments online. I've had good. some good reviews on the podcast. So <laughs> it's God. all good in my world. Um, <laughs> I couldn't do with another. I couldn't do with another moody guy this week. Rick, haters make you famous, my friend. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fueled off hatred now. I like it. Um, got a little, a decent show today. Okay. I say. Okay. Um, we've got a very, very, very strong Nightmare Golf shot. Okay, looking forward to it. We've got a fairly strong, medium strong Dear Rick. All right. Um, my fa- got a couple my of little points to touch se- on that. My favourite segment of the show, I must admit. It is. It's the bit where you're definitely the most uh, alert and focused <laughs> and provide 10 out of 10 advice. <laughs> we've also got I say we've also got, I've asked for people on the Facebook to give us questions to answer because it's just laziness, that isn't it? It gives us loads of talking points. Hopefully a bit of clickbait for the title of the podcast as well. Standard. And people get um, their answers, also, questions answered. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, actually, something I want to raise. You, you, you'll be, you'll hate this, in fact. You, you'll be really angry about this. Okay. <laughs> so, only yesterday, I was chatting to my brother, who is... Um, a fan of what we do, I'd like to think. Listens to the podcast week in, week out. Likes thinking himself of being in the clubhouse. Okay. However, I may have to take his clubhouse membership card off him. All right, why? And because, and this is something that I have to bring up in case other people aren't aware, he was talking about um, a podcast that he's been listening to. Do you ever remember um, Jay off the Inbetweeners? So I UK do, yeah. TV program, um, obviously, yeah. James Buckley. James Buckley, that's it. Yeah, so he's got a couple of YouTube channels and a podcast that's doing quite well, I think. But he does it visually. Okay. And my brother's been watching that on YouTube. Brother had no idea we've recorded some of our podcasts. Oh, wow. Didn't have a clue. Wow. So he. So, not so, everyone, so did, admittedly. did he say to you, oh, I've got a great idea, Guy. I've been thinking, you've got this podcast, you're doing all right, but have you ever thought about filming it and recording it? Is that how it went? Something along those lines, yes. And, and, you, and your retaliation was... Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we've done that. That's old news. Admittedly, we don't do it every week because we've not got the facility just yet. But that'll be coming. But if you if you listen to this and you didn't know that you can watch the podcast, go onto YouTube, Rick the Rick Shields Golf Show. The second channel, like about thirty thousand subscribers. You can go on the early squad, watch a few of the episodes. Yeah, we've been putting clips on there. We have done a few full versions. Um, we are going to use it a bit more moving forward, as Guy mentioned. I think I think our next development is a is a bespoke YouTube studio. At the moment, we're not there. We had a little bit of an office back in the start of last year, this time last year, and we set up a corner of the office into a bit of a podcast setup. Since that, obviously, we've had to do it much more on the fly. We've done some here in the in the home in the garage. We've done some at Marriott. We've done some. Rem- remotely like we are today but i think now to elevate us to the next level to make sure we're filming every single podcast guests or no guests i think a bespoke space is needed
needed and that will be coming soon we hope anyway um try and remind us because we might be saying the same thing this time next year but either way that's the plan yeah if people have watched the podcast or want to watch the podcast maybe drop us an email podcastofitshields.com and let us know because i think if we get a bit of motivation with people saying i want to watch it which understand people want to look at us chatting of course, why do they not? And, and let's be honest, if we want another silver plaque, we need to get that second channel over a hundred thousand subscribers. That's the only reason. That, that's the only reason why we would ever film it. But no, this this podcast isn't about listens now and subscribers and and flaunting stuff. It's about making quality content that people like, and hopefully we get no negative reviews or negative feedback because I can't take it. <laughs> So it sounds like we've got a good show. Also, we've got someone on the line. We're going to start off this podcast. This is kind of like the intro. We've not even hit the jingle yet. We're going to hit the jingle. Then we're going to start off with a guest on the podcast. Give us a little bit of an outline of the guest that we've got on. And it's only going to be a short appearance. So this is a guy called Chris who has made an Instagram page called Trade This Tea. And he is essentially swapping, it's after the golf tee, a simple, white, humble golf tee. And he is trading it, or on a mission to trade it, all the way up to a membership, a UK golf course, in which he was then going to donate to a deserving individual. It's a really cool story. His name's Chris, and we're going to speak to him now. Should we do a virtual rock, paper, scissors to who gets to do a jingle? Okay. One, two, three. I can't see your hand. Oh, yes. Um, it's a big, massive potato fist, look. You win again, Scud. guy. The rock wins. Um, I'll count you in from three. Okay. Three, two, one. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Um, now, I know you messaged Guy and the uh, on the podcast email and, and mentioned that you've got something quite exciting you've started recently. And... Uh, it sounds like it could go quite a long way and become, you know, an unbelievable prize for someone in the end. Like, what, what, what is it? Where did it start from? Tell us a little bit more about it. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's essentially a uh, mission to trade a golf tee. So just the usual tee you'd have in your, in your golf bag, a uh, white wooden tee, all the way through um, up to a golf membership. And then when we get to that point... I want to give that away to somebody that might not have otherwise had the chance to to, to play golf regularly. Wow, that's awesome! So, when when did this start, and how far are you uh, on the journey so far? Um, so it started mid December, I think the fourteenth of December it was, and yeah, I was just out on a run and loads of things going through my head, and I was looking forward to a game of golf to be honest at, at the weekend, and just thought with everything that's going on there's potentially somebody that, that's going to sort of miss out on this through either no fault of their own or just sort of barriers to, to playing golf. And that's where the idea started, really. It's just sort of grown from there um, over the last seven weeks. Wow. So seven weeks. And are you documenting this mainly on Instagram? Yeah, so there's, it's all on Instagram at the moment, yeah. Um, there's no other platform that it's on. Um, so, yeah, everything is done through there. Give a little shout and, out to the handle. Where can people follow the journey? Yeah, so if you, um, it's trade this T and it's uh, trade underscore this underscore T. T as in T E E? Yeah, T E E, yeah. That's madness. So obviously, I've seen ideas like this in the past, certainly on TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and things, where they literally will turn a grain of sand into a house and things like that. I mean, there's some mad, mad, mad ideas. What I like about it, though, a lot of those ones that I've seen so far is very much a a self-reward. So they'll do it to get a reward for themselves. But what you're saying here, Chris, is you're going to do it, get to a golf membership and actually give that membership away to somebody who might not have had a golf membership, which is is so amazing. Yeah, I think... um... It's important. It's, it's been good. Like I've enjoyed, I've played golf since I was about 13. So over 20 years now, and it's had a really positive impact on, on my life. And when you speak to other people that um, sort of you play with or friends, they, they say the same. And I guess through doing this, it gives somebody that opportunity that, that they may not have even sort of ever, ever thought about and, and sort of have a positive impact for them. 
It's really good. So how are you going to decide who gets the membership? Uh, that, that it's going to be a tricky one. But I think what what a couple of ideas. It'll either sort of put it out on on Instagram, given that everything's been done through there up to now, um, and sort of ask people for help to decide. Um, either that, or perhaps form like a small group of people that are along, uh, involved along the way, and and ask them to help make the decision. But the way that we'll decide as to who might get it would be sort of when we get to the point where there's a golf club involved that could offer this membership then start to ask people for either nominations or, or to put themselves forward and then sort of review those submissions at that point. It's awesome. Um, obviously, like, like Rick said, when you reached out to me, Chris, and I'll add a little look at it, I thought it was something very different. It was, again, as Rick alluded to, it was more the fact that you've given it to somebody else that really kind of got me inspired. And hopefully we were, well, we will shout out the um, Instagram off our podcast Instagram and maybe on Rick's as well. We'll put a link in the um, description of this podcast. If anyone's listening, you can click the link and go over to the to the uh, page. At least follow it. Hopefully support you. And um, I'm excited to see where this journey goes and who the lucky kind of winner is of the membership. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank you for for offering to to share it. I'm sure it'll give it a, a good boost at a good stage. And yeah, it's uh, it's going to be exciting to see where it ends up and and sort of what happens after that as well. It's it's going to be. Uh, be interesting to, to see i mean the impact that's had in seven weeks and and uh messages of support have been really positive and um yeah whilst there has been other things done like this before i've not seen any golf which just made it uh, quite interesting for a lot of people i think amazing well last one where are you up to so far with it so we've done uh we're on the seventh trade now and the latest item is a um bespoke putter made by a company um called james ingles putters who are london based um and it's yeah it's like a traditional blade style putter um which got a really amazing sort of champagne torch finish to it so there'll be details going up on that in the next sort of 24 hours or so so people will be able to see that on on the page amazing if, I, if only I needed another putter, I would have, <laughs> I would have traded something in, Chris, but I'll, I'll keep my eye on it. And if there's any, any, ever an opportunity where I can jump in and trade something, I will be happy to get involved. At the moment, I might sit the putter out, but let's see how it develops. And who knows, I might I might jump on there and give you a message. And uh, if something takes my fancy, I'm sure we could yeah. trade something up. Chris, can, good luck. You can never have enough putters, can you? Well, <laughs> I, I, need all, I need all the help I bloody can get, if I'm honest with you, Chris. I'm not going to lie. Thanks so much for giving your time up. Good luck with the project it sounds amazing you're doing some great work and uh hopefully everybody gets involved and uh, you get to your membership quicker than you plan to and hopefully many more memberships down the line who knows where it might lead to but chris thanks for your time and we'll catch Top up man chris thanks mate thanks guys well that was really interesting talking to chris what a nice guy and the fact that he's doing something of the goodness of his own heart from a t-peg all the way up to a golf membership i'm looking forward to seeing the journey um but yeah I don't fancy a putty yet. I'll keep my keep my eye out to see if there's something that interests me. Um, where are we going next, guy? What's the story? What's the next story we've got lined up? Um, I'm bored of lockdown. I'm bored of lockdown. I am. Talk me through a day in your life at the minute. Well, it's it's pretty repetitive. Um, <laughs> well, I mentioned it on last podcast, and I have released a video yesterday talking about it is that i'm on this kind of fitness mission at the moment and i've been very very on it so you might have heard me in the last podcast i said that this year i'm going to plan to do 250 workouts in a year so basically five every pretty much five a week very rarely you know giving up a week now at the moment i can't remember the number i was on last tuesday or monday whenever we recorded the podcast but so far i've done 17 workouts so I need to get to about 21 workouts a month to hit my target. So I'm doing okay. Most of those are um, weight-inspired hit sessions to get stronger, to get faster, to get fitter, to get healthier and all that. But yesterday I did something that I've been desperate to do for a long time. And I must admit, it absolutely killed me. But I also absolutely loved it. I did a straight-out 10K. And oh, nice. I, I like running. We've spoke about running loads of times on the podcast before. I really like running, and I got very much into this mindset of doing a 5K run. It was quick. You, you got it done. You got the job. You know, it, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it's really nice. 
but it doesn't quite get me going fully. So doing a 10K yesterday, I only did it in like 54 minutes, so it wasn't like super fast. My legs were absolutely killing afterwards. And all last night, I just felt like, wow, I have done something productive today. So that's kind of what I've, that's my, that's been my motivation. The reason for it is to, you know, new year, new me, I want to get fitter, healthier and all this. But also I noticed, and we've talked about it in the, in the video we released yesterday, I have lost distance. You ridiculed me when we play golf that you now smash it so much further than me and you know and i'm even a big hitter that's the worrying thing i'm a medium to long hitter i'm I'm just getting you know i'm getting i'm getting down with it It, it's getting me down i used i used to and i've never ever thought about distance as being a problem of mine i've literally growing up as a kid i never struggled i was always one of the longer kids you know even when i turned professional i never entered a tournament thing i thought to myself i'm not long enough to be able to play as this golf course i've always felt like length has been a strength of mine never been the longest in the world but certainly by no stretch of imaginations felt like i've been short but over the last year or so i have definitely lost speed i have definitely lost distance and it is time to make a change i think more than anything because i've been less on a and it sounds ridiculous this i've been less on a launch monitor because I reckon when I was swinging my fastest, it was when I was at you know somewhere like Trafford Golf Centre, where every day, it's certainly after after coaching, me and the rest of the coaching staff there would have a longest drive tournament, and we'd just stand there and smash it as hard as we could. I've lost mm-hmm. a bit of that competitive driving, you know, prowess, let's say, and I'll hit shots at home, but I'm never like full out trying to smash it as hard as I can. And seeing that we've been out on the golf course a lot more over the last 12 months or so making videos, I've been more conscious about hitting fairways and not losing golf balls and all this jazz. So the time has come. I still want to find fairways, yes, but I also want to hit it much, much longer. So it started. I've done now three of the swing stick, swing speed sticks, whatever they're called, uh, training sessions and you can't get them as workouts by the way no i don't i don't i don't i don't don't, don't. they don't take five or six minutes clarified no i've I've worked yeah i've worked out a workout is minimum 30 minutes exercise and really pushing myself to be fun to be honest though i don't really do anything that's less than 40 minutes um but yeah i've been doing those three times a week so far i've done week one we're in week week number two and i'll keep everyone updated on the podcast but another video will come out in six weeks time to tell you if i've actually gained any more speed Apart from that, home, well, to, homeschooling and all that. I'm oh, sorry. I'm just saying a- to counteract that because I'm probably thinking that a lot of people listening to that thinking, "Christ, I've got no motivation. I'm not doing anything at the minute. I can't be getting out of the house or exercising." I've got a problem at the minute with um, chocolate, and in particular, the new dairy milk mini egg bar. Okay. <laughs> it's what I'm having one a day at the minute comfortably. Describe it to me. What is it again? It's a bar of dairy milk, like a big size, like what should be two person size. This big. Like, like the size of like a, an A5 envelope. Or is it an A3 envelope? Yeah, a couple of iPhones, two iPhones ish, roughly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. decent size. It's a pound. And it's essentially just dairy milk, normal dairy milk. But within the dairy milk, there's little bits of smashed up uh, mini eggs. Ooh, that sounds good. And it's the contrast of the little bit of crunch that you get from the mini egg shell. And there's obviously the dairy milk that just melts in your mouth. And at the minute, they're, a, they're obviously out for Easter. And I'm, I'm quite literally having one every single day. And they're obviously quite popular because they're selling out a lot of places. And I'm going to multiple shops to find them. That sounds good. And it's, yeah, I'm really going downhill. Really <laughs> just feeling like I'm just a mess <laughs> at the minute. So that's a balance. Anyone that feels bad, you're on my side. We can do this together. We can we can get out of this slump. Uh, I must admit, I I, 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 the the one thing that's kept me going a little bit more this this year so far is one I've set this target at 250 workouts, and two I do want to swing it faster and hit it harder. So they're they're the two things that keep dragging me out and making me do exercise. But uh, also, I've not been perfect. I've still been drinking a bottle of wine a weekend. So, um, but that, do you want to hear um, a little nightmare golf story? Yeah, let's start off with that first. It, it's um. It's got something about it's a bit different that I quite enjoy. So let me just pull it up. Uh, but I'll tell you what I don't enjoy. I'm not sure how I feel about this doing it remotely. No. I thought it was a good idea, but I'm not sure. So hopefully, I wouldn't be offended if people turn off now and then wow. come back next week. Wow. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't be offended. I wouldn't think any less of you. Wow. So let's just pause now and let people leave. Okay, it's only the good people that have stayed. These are my, the people that have stayed now are our friends, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, these are the hardcore now. 
So it's from um, Joseph, I think. Oh, wait, there, can I say his name? Um, yeah, I think I can. Well, I have now. And um, he said, I have a good nightmare golf story that I think you could use on the show. Oh, could I please stay as Joe? So, yeah, that's fair enough. I've not used his surname. My nightmare golf shot would usually be anyone's dream outcome. It's far from a bad golf shot. So that got me intrigued straight away. What? Sounds weird. Mystery. I was I was sold. I was 17 years old studying my A-levels, and I applied for and got an internship with a quite large Hong Kong law, film, uh, law firm. I was playing off 12 at the time, so it was an absolute dream when I was invited out on a weekend to play with a four-ball with a VIP uh, client of the firm at Hong Kong Golf Club. So he's going out there on the golf course with a VIP client. Of the law, so talking, of the law firm that he wants to work for. We're talking dollars. The front nine went really well, and the partner that I was playing with said that we should tone it down a little bit because the VIP we were playing with was quite a sore loser. Ooh. So you can picture the scene, can't you? Nine holes, his, his, his colleague's gone to him. You know, let's let's tone this down a little bit because Mr... Shields doesn't like getting beat too much, etc., etc. So, keeping respect for my playing partners, on the 17th fairway, I took a three wood, and I was playing with rental clubs as well, by the way, and aimed to the left of the green, where there's a creek where I knew I could drop a shot without being too obvious. So I was thinking, hit one into the pond, kind of on purpose, oh get down God. there, drop it. No one will know. Can't can't beat this VIP client because that won't go down well. I ripped the ball to the left and made it like a bad pull. The ball flew towards the creek and landed on the rocks. However, the ball ricocheted off a rock, flew towards the green, and slam-dunked in the hole. What? (laughs) My playing partner and I won the match by one shot, and the VIP we were playing with took it surprisingly well. It turns out the VIP we were playing with was a very senior board member of a large global bank based in China, which we will leave unnamed. I'm still in good contact with the partner I was playing with, and we often laugh about the golf shot. However, I'm not sure how the relationship between the firm and the bank was after that, and I was not invited back. Oh my! So that was quite odd. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I'm not sure how I would feel about. Sorry, one of my one of my daughters is coming in for the key. Um, I'm not sure how I'd feel about trying to fudge the match just for you know the the this VIP like. I don't know. I know it happens. It sounds like something you get in a film. It's almost like you, you know. It does. It, uh, oh. And then the fact, you know, what I liked about the story as well is the fact that this lad must Joe must have been a very skillful golfer because obviously he had full control over his golf game because he aimed for it's, that creek yeah. and he hit the creek. I mean, you've got to take some praise in that. The fact he got what would be seen as lucky, but unlucky for him in a weird way, that hit the rock and then went in. I mean, that is just crazy. So if you've got a um, nightmare golf shot you want to have read out on the podcast, you need to email podcast at rickshields.com. We'll have a look through and pick the creme de la creme. I like ones like that now. I feel like, because we've done it for a little while, it's kind of like moved on from a fat idiot hitting the bunker in front of such a body. It's got to be a little bit more... Exciting. We're... Borderline lies. I don't mind lies. <laughs> Bend the truth if need be. Just make us give us good content. We have had some really good ones though over the time. Like some of the nightmare golf stories we've had. Like you say, I I'd always kind of just envision it's a nightmare opening tee shot or something. But like you say, there's been some absolute crackers when um who was it the guy who played with uh, Raul and whoever it was, the footballers. Oh yeah, and, the footballers. You know, there's been loads and loads of mad ones that we've had, so now it's all all been good. Um you said you've had got a A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Really good day, Rick, as well. Yeah, well, it's actually um, from a lady, which is partly why I wanted to read out, because it's good that we've got female listeners. I often feel like a lot of our listeners are men, which is obviously fine and great, but it was um, nice to have a lady email mm. in for a change. Um, but it was actually a very, very long... I actually replied to, to this lady. It was a really long email, loads of different stuff. It wasn't just all about the dear Rick. Um, she's a big fan of what we do. I think she's actually a member of the uh, Facebook group as well, because I recognise the name, which I'm, I'm not going to actually... Um, use but in, in a nutshell I don't want to go through the whole email it's quite long but basically she's had some lessons recently uh, and kind of got back into golf after a bit of a, of a layoff and a handicap has gone from 28 to 18 during the summer very good and she would now call herself a proper addicted golf fan. She's always looking at uh, eBay, buying new clubs and watching the videos. She watches our videos. She watches bad golf. She watches golf mates. She's really kind of into the whole thing. And her retirement aim is to play golf as often as possible, both in the UK and abroad, because she often goes on trips abroad with some friends and stuff as well. As I said, this was a really long email. It was really well. I, I read it all from top to bottom. It was really, really nice. But basically, she said, I think that I could still get lower and improve my playing inconsistently. And I've asked another club pro if he could get any further on the drives, which is between 150 and 180 yards max. And his advice was probably not. So her overall question would be, is am I too late in life to think I can get my handicap lower, drive further, and even think about joining a golf club to get a formal handicap and play more competitively? So I think a handicap she's got now is kind of an unofficial one. But she's on about, should she join a golf club? Um... You know, should she expect that she can get better or is it kind of not possible? I think there's a, a couple of ones to that. I think definitely she could improve. I think the idea that she's got from 28 to 18 in this year is amazing. And I'm sure she'll look back at that and go, actually, there's still X, Y and Z area that I could improve on. She's obviously identified distance as being one of the areas to improve on. Um but it's like, well, actually, yeah, I'm sure she could get more distance. I remember a story. Uh, there was a, an older gent who I used to coach um, when I was at Trafford, and he would be absolutely obsessed with distance. He'd always want to buy the new equipment. He'd always be trying to increase his swing speed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And even though maybe the jumps weren't as vast in distance, we actually tracked his distance gains in about a five-year time frame. And this guy was in his 80s. So it's, you think about being too old to get distance, etc., and in about a five-year time frame, from about 75 to 80, he improved his distance by about 10 or 15 yards. But it wasn't as if it was a light bulb moment. It wasn't as if one little secret trick got him hitting it further. It wasn't one piece of equipment, whether it was a lighter shaft or more loft or whatever it may be. They're all really little, tiny, subtle changes that we we mapped out over about a five-year time frame to find that he actually managed to gain more distance. So that's something to bear in mind. Distance or improvement isn't always as, as kind of black and white and happen straight away. I'm getting onslaughted by the children here at the moment. So this is the st- I'll come back to this story in a minute. So one, literally one of the kids came in to pick up the key because they've just been out for a walk. She leaves the door open. I've now got Jude... Jude, say hello to everyone. <laughs> so, so I'm getting, they've, they've kept the door open. Jude, shut the door. But go out as well. <laughs> Let's see if this works. Bye-bye. So 
I don't think there is too late to get distance. I really don't. So I think it's a couple of things. Yeah, you can get distance, but don't expect it just to happen straight away. Um, it might be your equipment. It might be looking at striking the center of the club face a little bit more. Um, it might be the fact that you can also gain improvements from other areas of your game. It might not be solely to distance. So 100%, do not give up hope. You've got loads of potential to keep getting better, keep growing. And if you can get from 28 to 18, that's a massive jump. Yes, you're probably not going to get to 18 to 8 next year or whatever it may be. But even if you can just make minor little changes, this year you might get down to 16. You might get down to 15. Next year you might get down to... 12 or whatever it may be so keep going keep grinding at it that's what makes golf so fun you can continue to make little changes as you go along and it is never too late to get better <laughs> as i'm just as i'm just trying to mouth to the children to get out of the garage because uh one of them came in shut the door pal anyway is that a good answer? See, this is what happens when I'm not there. Yeah, that's a great answer. But if I was there, I'd have said, no kids allowed in here. Well, they get, I'm like they get scared of Uncle Guy. Uncle yeah, Guy really, comes around really and, and as soon as they see, you know, his car come up the driveway through the security cameras, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because the fact I have a big sign says no kids. <laughs> guy just, <laughs> give, weird, guy just gives, them a, gives them the look and they just know. Yeah, oh, the, the main business. None of, there's none of this talking. Oh, go on, children, get out. Now. And also, <laughs> if I wasn't on the podcast, that's not how gently, gently I speak to him. I'd like to think I am. I, I don't say, "Oh, darling, please shut the door." I'm like, I'd normally go, "Get out of the garage! What are you doing in here?" But anyway, <laughs> I have to be prim and proper on the podcast. Little question for you then. So we've got loads of good questions on the Facebook group, and actually, I often think that when when we put like a post on there saying. Does anybody have any questions? There's some that are the same, but there's often loads of new ones. Yeah, that are I, really I noticed good. that. So this one's from Pat. It's good, isn't it? There's this one from Patrick, and he said, "I get bored of stroke play all the time. And other than match play in Stableford, is there any other formats I can play that spice it up a little bit?" I really like so, skins. Mm-hmm. So skins are a format where each hole has a value to it, and it's great if you're playing in a, in a three ball or a, you know three balls are pretty good for it, and. So let's say the first hole you're playing is worth one skin and you can put monetary value on that skin, but somebody outright has to win that hole. If they don't, the skin rolls over to the next hole and it's the first person to win a hole outright wins the the amount of skins that are available, basically. Um, yeah. So it's a really, really good match. There's been a couple of times where you could be out of the game until literally the 15th hole. It could be loads of skins on the line. You end up pulling out a worldie and birdieing the hole and taking all the skins, where in theory you might not have deserved it, but that's a really good game. Um, one I've done on the channel as well takes a little bit more freedom this one it's not traditional like battle golf where when you play and you win a hole a bit like skins again but you take a club out of other players bags so if mm-hmm. the, if a golfer's particularly not doing great you might take the driver out of the bag or you might take the you know, that, the only club you can't take out is putter that's a really good way of spicing it up as well um they're my two that i like to kind of go back on you know what i i i quite like doing and this might sound really stupid now i'm sure it probably will but it sometimes annoys me that golf is about score. Obviously, when you're playing competitively, it obviously is. But like, there's so many times where, let's say I've got like I'm on the side of the green on a nice little bit of fringe. I've got like 30 foot of green to work with. Well, obviously, if I'm playing for score, I'm going to put it or use an eight-time bump and run. But sometimes there's nothing nice than getting like your 60 degree or a 56 and just like clipping one off the you know off the nice juicy little bit of fringe and just watching what it does. But obviously, you wouldn't do that shot when you're trying to play for a score because it's more risky. But it's quite nice sometimes just go out and play and just play the shots that you just fancy fitting for whatever reason it might be yeah. on that hole. Yeah. Because um, another one I heard actually a little while ago, it's kind of similar to that to some degree, was rather than worrying about score, you know, don't keep score, but keep a little like tally of either shots that you're really happy with or shots that you actually think, depending on ability. So say you're off like 18, you might say, right, I'm going to keep a tally today of every shot that I think a nine handicapper would be impressed with or proud of. Or if you're off five, you might say, every shot that a scratch handicapper would be happy with. So you might come off with a five or a six or a three or a two or 12, whatever it might be. So it's not about the score as such. It's about the quality of the shot that you hit. That's quite good. Yeah, it's a really good way of mixing it up. It. They're really good ones, certainly if you're playing on your own as well. You know, like... They, 
that you can just keep like you say there that ex you can be experimental you can you don't have to be absolutely obsessed with score all the time i've got a question here that i don't think you're gonna like but i want to answer it because it's funny go on it's aimed at me <laughs> it's from somebody called mike he said guy if another youtuber offered you a tasty sum of cash and unlimited monster to leave rick would you <laughs> You know what the answer is no, I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't. Certainly not in golf. You, you, um, you're, obviously, you're nodding, but saying saying no. No, no, I'm not. Actually, I tried to say no then, but not at the same time. It's actually quite hard. It's really hard. No, no, I wouldn't. Obviously, the thing is, it's. I think. How do I word this without sounding? Let me try and explain this. Is obviously I'm not, kind of on camera and stuff, which is absolutely fine and all that. But I think. Obviously, you had a really big channel before I started working with you, nearly a quarter of a million subs, but I am part of the channel as well, aren't I? Which obviously you acknowledge all the time. So it's kind of like, although it's your channel and and you're the boss and it's your name on it, in a lot of ways, it feels like it's my channel as well. Of course it does. So it's like, it's not just that you're the, and this is the relationship we have, it's not just that you're the boss, the employee, and I'm the person that works for you, because it's more than that. So it feels like you wouldn't really want to leave because it's almost like your own thing to some degree. So like with the podcast, we've started this together and stuff. And it's like, it's our stuff, isn't it? And that's the way you treat with all the staff. It's not like that. We all got golden plaques for, um, for, for the milestone. And it was funny, actually. I don't know if you saw this a little while ago on the Facebook group. Somebody said something. I can't remember what it was. And I put a picture of me in the plaque. And they were like oh yeah, but it's Rick Shields or something. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. It's like saying if you work for Disney, unless your name's Walt Disney, you can never celebrate an achievement. Exactly. Or, you know, if you work for Liverpool or Manchester United and they win the league, unless you're a striker that scored the goal or on the pitch, it's like the backroom staff can't celebrate. There's so much that goes on, isn't there? Oh, so much. So, and and I, think, I think the podcast is the platform where we've been most honest with that as well. So I'd like to think if people have really listened to the podcast and understood where we've come from from it you know we talk much more about our our fantastic editors and the way that we come up with ideas and we go out for shoots the finished product doesn't always show that because that's just the style that we we prefer to adopt but like to think in the in the podcast we've been much more honest in the fact that there there isn't just a one-man band i certainly don't do everything and as much as my name is above the door it is just my name above the door, but it's, it is a collective team effort that we, you know, we are so, all of us are so passionate about every single day, which kind of what drives us to continue to make the best content. Having said that, if Peter Finch came with an open checkbook and a Tesla Model 3, I'd be out the door. Having said that, <laughs> Guy, you've just mentioned that you wouldn't leave, so that, that, pain, that pay increase I was thinking of, that can wait. I know. Um, from Stephen, Rick, what's your favourite Greg's pasty? I'm I'm just a big cheese and onion fan. I am. Mm-hmm. And I know it sparked a lot of uh, controversy last week in the podcast when we talked about pasty balms. And I've got to correct myself because, you know, I've had some death threats, Guy, in the last week. Mm, saw that. The fact that I called a, a Wigan kebab is not what I thought was a Wigan kebab. It has to be a pie on a balm cake. It cannot be a pasty. So the pasty balms that I've been having are just not nothing to do with Wigan and Wigan have no responsibility in the endorsement or uh, future or establishment of pasty balms. I just want to make that very clear and just make sure the lawyers are, have got a copy of this so that we uh, we covered our back you from last week. You an apology video? I probably do. A three-minute apology video? <laughs> Speaking about snacks, then, it's another good question that comes off the back of that from Pete. He said, what's your favourite encore snack to put in the golf bag? Mm, I don't think I have a go-to, if I'm honest. I'm, a, I'm, okay. I'm fond of a flapjack because you often see yeah. flapjacks being sold in pro shops, certainly here in the UK. Mm-hmm. And you can get a few... They're always massive as well, They're always they? massive. They're always and, really big. and what I quite like about a, a flapjack is it doesn't melt... There's nothing worse than putting a Mars bar or a Twix or whatever in your golf bag and halfway around on a hot day, you discover it's just completely melted and horrible. I also quite like the fact you can take your time with a flapjack. So you can open it mid-round, before the round, have a nibble, fold it back up and put it back in the golf bag. And the other thing with a flapjack, you feel like because there's oats in there and sometimes these flapjacks might say protein, you don't think you're doing anything wrong. That's the thing. There's 75 grams of sugar, granted, but there's six grams of protein. Therefore, it's a protein, Jack. I like that theory because I'm the same with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good shout. I think for me, not exciting, but you can't beat a good old, just a banana 
because it's got that little bit of sustenance. You feel like you're being quite healthy. It actually goes down quite well about hole 12. But I think you're right with something like a bar. And I've said this before, and I will say it again. There's absolutely no greater feeling in life. I've not had kids yet, but I don't care. Not kids, not getting married, not buying your first house. Getting to the 15th hole, starving, and finding a mile as well in your golf bag. And yes, it's about shape. Yes, it was melted and now reformed again. That doesn't matter. <laughs> it's got a bit of a weird white texture on it when it's out the wrapper. I don't know what that is. But it's absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Nothing beats it. <laughs> I must admit, case closed, to drop the mic, I must admit, as much as I don't like the melted ones, because it does annoy you, you're right in the fact when it's melted and reshaped, reformed, Mm. that's a different experience that not many people can say they've had in this world. It really is. I remember as a junior at my golf club, you used to have like an account money, so if you'd obviously won a comp or got a two, whatever, like I'm sure every golf club has, and... At the time, you weren't allowed to get confectionery or whatever, drinks, chocolate, on your account. You had to buy them cash. But then the rule changed, and then you could. Uh-oh. And it was like being a millionaire. You might have, like, 25 put in your account. I think at the time, a bottle of Pepsi was 80p, and a, and a, um, a Mars bar was 40p. And it was just for not You'd walk in, it'd be like, I'm the king of the world. <laughs> Eat whatever you want. Put that on my... Those are the days. I really miss being a junior golfer. I, I do. think that was possibly the best part of my life. I do. From from like the age so of like good. twelve to sixteen, literally, I lived at the golf course. So I used to keep my golf clubs in in the back office there. I used to get the bus down. That used to be one bus that used to take no time at all, forty p to get on the bus, maybe seventy five p return or something daft like that. I'd get there. I'd have next to no money on me. I mean, two pound yeah. if that, and that two pound lasted me all day. I got to play. Yeah. I played golf all day because obviously it was membership. Uh, I had a chip butty at, you know, lunchtime. I'd played 15 rounds of pool somehow, still on this £1.50 or £2. I'd beaten 200 golf balls on the driving range. And I'd come home thinking to myself, that's the best day I've ever had. With I'd maybe had three brand new Strata, Pro, Strata Tour Professionals in my pocket that I'd won off a mate or whatever it may be, or I'd lost it that day or whatever it may be. And I got home that day and I could not wait to wake up the next day to do it all again. Yeah, exactly the same. It was, like you said, it was £2 was a lot because Polish and chips about a quid. Yeah. So you've got your chips, might have a little balm cake or something else. There was no smartphones back then. No. You had a mobile phone, it texted, it called, it did what you needed to do. Might have had a game of Snake or something. <laughs> Weirdly, we spent a lot of time hanging on the locker room, which sounds a bit weird, but that was, it was good at the time. It was. Chipping comps yeah, and just chipping cleaning your comps, clubs. Or... putting comps. And weirdly, I had this really weird memory the other day. You might not resonate with this so much, but... I went on a run, and there's a man that came past me with, like, a Galvin green jacket on. And every time you do that, you think, oh, yeah, he must play golf. Or, like, an umbrella or a yeah, cap yeah. or something, a golf brand. Definitely Galvin but green like, jacket. You've got to think he is a golfer. 100%. But I remember, though, back when I was a junior, and there was about 10 of us who were absolutely... Our life was the golf club and playing golf and trying to improve. That was... He was obsessed with it. Like, if one of your friends got something new... It was like a big deal. So if my friend got a new pair of golf shoes or waterproof pants or a new putter or a golf bag, it was like, oh, have you seen that? Such when he's got a new bag. And it was like massive news. It was huge. And I just miss being a kid. It was class. Yeah. Wasn't it? it was so good. Did you have a pool table or a snooker table? We had a snooker table and it had, it was kind of free to use as such, but it had a light above it. Yeah, yeah. And you had to put money into the machine. It was 20p for 15 minutes. Yeah. And if you got caught by the owners of the golf club not having the light on, they were quite obviously angry because it was like, you know, you should put put the money in for the light, really. See, I think that's what separates quality of golf course. And I don't mean course maybe as much. Uh, The difference between a snooker table or a pool table. It really separates, you know. Yeah. There's that social divide between those two. See, I I, I lived in the world on the pool tables. You know, I I lived in the ghetto. So it was just pool table. (laughs) I mean, when I I saw a snooker table for the first time, that was was a real, an an eye-opener for me at the time. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, but the thing is with snooker, though, it's a lot harder than pool. So much harder. It's a bigger table. The the, the, the rules are different, obviously, for a different game, but the, the pockets are so much smaller. So when, if I was playing you at pool now, I've not played for ages, but I wouldn't be surprised if I could pop four or five in a row potentially. That's not great, but I would never pop four no or five way. in a row at snooker. No way. You could maybe, seven. Maybe t- literally go like red and then just go whichever's the closest yeah, colour. Exactly. You? you could seven ball someone in pool by just whacking the ball in the pocket and getting lucky. You can't clear up on snooker by getting lucky. Did you yeah. see, um, who was it recently actually put a tweet out? In fact, I'm sure somebody put it as a question on the podcast group. 
Um, the guy who follows me. Is it Sean Murphy? Sean Murphy. I saw someone said that, that he said snooker was the hardest game yeah. or something. What do you think about that? Um, it's a tough one, isn't it, with snooker? Because you've not only got to obviously execute the shots, which is solid, you've got to then plot your way around and stuff. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I, there's a couple of things that make me think it's not as hard as golf. And because of a couple of things, you can get a perfect score in snooker. You can get a hundred one four seven break, and and it's been done many many times. You look at someone like Ronnie O'Sullivan. I don't know how many he's had in his career, on an uh, on in tournament and, and out of tournament. He must have had hundreds, if not thousands. That that's a perfect score in snooker. Mm-hmm. A perfect score in golf, and it, it depends how. You, I don't see it as being. 18 shots because that is that's all the one every hole and that's not possible but 18 under par is how i would equate as being a perfect round of golf that's never been achieved no i don't believe anybody's ever shot 18 under par so how that's where i don't see it stack up because you know somebody who can go around and and clear up every single ball on the table and he might do it 18 times in a year whatever it may be i don't know that surely, there's no outdoor factors, there's no wind, everything's the same every single time. You've got full control over the of the setting. That, for me, is what makes it... And using the same club, the same cue, every single shot, mm-hmm. that's the thing that makes me think that golf is harder than snooker. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> so, another thing I wanted to touch on briefly. We actually, I told you this before, but we tried to do the podcast earlier on, and I was... I thought it was horrendous. We started again, didn't we? We very rarely do that. I'd, I, well, normally one take special. This time it was obviously it wasn't great. It's partly because I don't feel right being being here and not not there. I've got I said I'm worried my audio's going to be rubbish and uh, anyway. But um, I'll repeat it again. What I'm going to say. So pretend you don't know what the story is. Okay. Okay. Right. I forgot already. So it was about um i've been watching a lot of netflix oh yeah okay i've been watching the us office now that's a, a story for another day whether you think the us office is better than the uk office is very different but anyway and in one of the scenes i've just watched um they went to the golf course and they played golf with a client and it was quite good one of the main characters jim had a callaway hat on he had a nike polo shirt and it looked like he was actually a proper golfer but then one of the characters was a right-handed golfer on the tee with his driver, and his glove was on his right hand, oh, not his left. Oh, God. Now, obviously, you might very, very occasionally see somebody do that, but not very often. You'd more like to see someone with two gloves on. Obviously, your glove should be on your left hand as a right-handed golfer. But it got me thinking, more of a, maybe a podcast topic for next week if people want to email us in, is things like that in movies or TV programmes where they do something about golf, and you as a golfer watch it and get annoyed almost by it. That's not oh, real. That's yeah. what happens. Let, let's... Let's talk about our next podcast and get people to either send clips in or photos in or mm. evidence yes. to show it. The only one that stands out for me, and I've probably picked up on a few in the past, but the one for me was in uh, Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio. And he was out on the golf course and drugs and money and women and all this, and which is fine. And the set of clubs, this is what annoyed me. The rest of it was fine, completely illegal, but it, whatever. But his set of golf clubs, he had driver, three wood, all the way down to probably seven iron as right-handed golf clubs. Everything from seven iron downwards was left-handed. And you think, oh, no, come on, that surely's not that right. I mean, maybe maybe that's how he plays golf. Who knows? But if you've got any little flaws or mistakes you've seen in, in films or TV programs or whatever it may be that includes golf, and as a hardcore golfer, you have spotted it, let's get them emailed in. Let's get them on the podcast group. Let's talk about them ready for next podcast. Well, I've just sent you an image on WhatsApp, Rick, of this. I actually screenshot yesterday because I watched it on my laptop. You'll see that he's a right-handed golfer. He's got the glove on the right hand. I must admit. So email that, that's us, a good sp- podcast at rickshields.com. That's a good spot, that. That is a good spot. Well, yeah, I don't, no, think, don't I don't eagle eye charn it for nothing. Yeah, I don't think, and as much as I spot a lot of things, I don't think I would have spotted that straight away. That is a good, good spot. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> are we thinking, let's wrap this one up now? I have no idea right. how long it's, we've been going for. It's been recording for 50 minutes, but that's because we've done a bit of other stuff before, so it might not be quite that long. But um, 
Yeah. Also, we joked, I don't know why I went really loud then, but we joked about it, I think, at the start of the show. And obviously last week I was messing about about that person that had given us some negative feedback. But on a serious note, and I am genuinely now being, being serious, we've actually had, in the last week or so, off the back of that, a load more people actually go and review the podcast on Apple. And I don't know if that's off the back. People thought, oh, I've not reviewed it. I'll kind of show some support. But there were some really, really good messages on there as well. Some really nice messages about the podcast and loads of five-star ratings. And again, just trying to be serious for one second. You know, we were joking last week about that guy or, or girl, whoever it was that left that negative review. We weren't really that bothered. But it is really good when we get nice, positive stuff back. And I don't want it to be that we only ever read out negative things and get upset about it and then not, you know, praise people for being being nice about the podcast. So if you do enjoy the podcast and you've rated it, thank you so much. Um, yeah. That's very nice. There's one thing I wanted to do, just a quick housekeeping thing for certainly everybody on Facebook. There's been a few of these bloody scammers at the moment where they're actually taking my logo and changing my name and making it look like it's me and telling you to visit their profile because you've won a prize. Do not respond to these scammers. They are not real. You've not won a prize, I'm afraid. Unless my name comes up with a little blue tick next to it, it's not me. Uh, Please report it. We're doing our best to police it, but it is is quite hard. But if you do see any of them, we appreciate people who have sent us uh, messages etc but like i say just ignore it and and don't uh don't follow it and don't enter your credit card details i'd like to think most people know it's not right but i'm just making sure that people know it's not right and that's the thing we we, we are monitoring it but if we ban the person which we do instantly they make another account or there's probably loads of people making accounts so it's very very hard to monitor but don't respond to anybody. If you do ever win a prize off Rick, as he said, he'll have a tick next to his name and, and, and we certainly, and Rick said they wouldn't ever ask you for your bank details, so. Anyway. Right, I'll have to go anyway. I've got um, a call with Peter Finch about a, a new role, so I've got, I've got to shoot. Don't blame you. All right, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you soon. That's the end of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 